Hello and welcome to the Naptown Blues Fancast, a weekly roundup of your Annapolis Blues FC playing in the Mid-Atlantic Division of the NPSL. I'm your host, Sam Houston, and I am joined by my co-host, the illustrious Harem Wainwright. How you doing, brother? I'm doing awesome. How you doing, Sam? Excellent, man. Excellent. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, and please take a moment to leave a review and share with your footballing friends. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Natown Blues Pod. For tickets, go to AnnapolisBlues.com for more details. What is the NPSL? What is the Mid-Atlantic Division? I mean, how the heck does this whole thing work anyways? Well, we're going to get an answer to that many of those questions today with our guest, Mr. Fred Mathis, the general manager of your Annapolis Blues FC. How are you doing today, Fred? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me, Sam. Excellent. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Just from a 100-foot view, what in the heck is the NPLS? Uh, NPSL, N- I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. The NPSL is a national league. It's been around for about uh, 20 years or so. Um, it's over 100 teams in the nation. Uh, that's broken up into conferences and regions, four regions around the country, uh, the West, the Midwest, the South, and the East, uh, differing numbers of teams within each of those areas, and then conferences within those regions. And they're all broken up too, Sim- same thing, different numbers of teams in each region. But it's pretty well covered all around the entire uh, country. So uh, a good, strong league to, to be involved in. It's the fourth division within the pyramid of U.S. soccer. Awesome. Well, how do you think the whole making of the schedule went for you? It's still coming together at this recording right now, um, but it should be finished here pretty quickly. It's difficult because there's a lot of newer teams that come into the NPSL. There's teams that have venue challenges. Uh, In our case, we're playing at a very nice facility, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, which had its restrictions too. As you know, the Naval Academy does their graduations in May. There's also uh, a lot of other events going on there, so we had to work around the schedule there to get our portion of it in. Right. Um, so difficult to do, but uh, it's coming together well, and I think uh, we'll have it out here fairly soon. I was going to say commissioning day has its own little set of problems, you know, like national security and stuff like that. <laughs> a few things that are a little different with our venue than most, yeah. So give us a breakdown. What is the regular day-to-day for the Annapolis Blues FC and for you as a general manager? Well, first thing with any sport, uh, and particularly in soccer, it seems there is no regular day. (laughs) Every day is different. There is no nine to five. And anybody that's out there listening that is trying to get into the sports world and thinking, hey, this will be a great job, plan on long nights, long days, weekends filled up with working or appearances or games or watching and scouting and doing whatever else needs to be done. So there is no regular day. But typically what we're doing at this time of the year is a lot of the marketing season ticket sales, sponsorship acquisition, things like that to get ready. Our players will be named pretty soon here too. Uh, The coach is in charge of all that. He's recruiting players out there and getting them all signed in and registered with NPSL. Uh, So a lot of different things on different levels that we're doing stuff right now. Um, So no real typical day, but every day is busy, that's for sure. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And then you kind of highlighted a bit about the players itself. Now, how did their contracts work within this league? Um, this is an amateur league. That's what differentiates it from the other divisions, Division Three, Two, and One. Um, obviously, those players in Major League Soccer, which is Division One, or USL One and Two, or Championship and USL One, those are Division Two and Three paid professional players. Mm-hmm. We're at the amateur level, so it means our players are not paid to play. Um, that means that we're drawing most of our players out of the collegiate ranks. Also, some of our um, other amateur leagues in the area have players that have come out. We've had a tryout two tryouts now that have had over 100 and 
60 players come out. Oh, wow. We found some great talent in that area too. Um, but they'll all come in and they're unpaid. Um, what they're really looking for is the opportunity, opportunity to be seen, to have other coaches see them out on the field. And their hopes are that they will be playing up in those professional leagues in, in the, the years ahead in their careers. How much does that with the collegiate players then affect your scheduling? Because let's face it, they've got at the end of the day, college is probably the primary importance to them and getting back to those teams and things of that nature. Is there challenges within that working with a collegiate player? Exactly. Exactly. That's it's tough because their main job, if you will, is to be students right now if they're coming out of the collegiate ranks. So even though they've had a spring season playing with their collegiate teams, now they have to finish up their, their classes, their exams, finals and that uh, we really can't talk with them or work with them till we're almost right on top of our season. So it makes it a little bit difficult. The other side of that is they're great players. They're in shape, True. hopefully. They've been keeping themselves up to sits working on tactics and getting them under uh, Coach uh, Harriet's uh, regime, his, his uh, thought process. Continuing with that, with the college pool, where are you pulling from? I mean, I imagine we're not seeing, you know, University of Maryland boys trying out for the club because they're a team that's vying for national titles is this more like umbc towson schools like that oh no we will we will definitely uh, talk with and potentially have some players from maryland from georgetown very cool um, excellent from, from all around the area as well as outside of the area too because even though there may be players that are playing in down in north carolina schools or south carolina or georgia or wherever else they're in school at uh, they are coming home to annapolis during the summer months which is mostly when we're playing is in may june july so they'll be home so we can talk with them and bring them back into the, the fold here locally so they have a place to play and play for their hometown team. Whenever they are home and they have to deal with the day-to-day operation as far as like practice or game days itself, what would you say would typically be the day-to-day operations for the coaches and the players itself? Um, they'll be very involved. We've got training uh, training facility set up that's right here in the Crownsville area, um, Indian Creek School. Okay. Is, it will be where the team trains each day. Um, their trainings may not be every single day, but they'll be at least three to four times a week. Uh, and then uh, they'll be doing their fitness training as well, either on their own if we have an association with a local gym or that, or just uh, there at the facility. Um, really nice facility. We're excited about it. Um, the coaches themselves, they'll be overseeing what the players are doing. They're also scouting other players, other teams, I should say, other opponents as they come in, watching them on tape and that, um, possibly traveling. It's the other nice part. We were talking about how NPSL is – regionalized most of the teams that are in our conference are very close Mm -hmm. Uh, there's three teams in northern virginia there's our team here there's a team in frederick uh, maryland as well so all really within a a couple hours drive to go over and watch games there if they're playing on different dates and then we have three teams that are out of our region down in richmond virginia beach and north carolina greenville north carolina so they can scout these teams fairly easily. It's right. not like you're going to watch tape and that you can actually physically go and watch with all of them. So coaches will be involved in that way. Players will be keeping themselves ready, keeping themselves fit. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a decent product on the field this year. So a couple of follow-up questions then in regards to that. So with, you know, things like the games that are a little bit further away from the region, um, are you allowed to give them stipends for food and things like that? Or because you, again, I, you've got to walk that line of a professional versus an amateur player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, 
all of the training expenses, all of the travel, anything like that, any accommodations we have to put up with, that's handled by the team and the league. That's understood. That's just the part of playing in that. It's the actual playing on the field that they can't be played for. So. Got it. And then, of course, the other thing, we would like to live in a world of puppy dogs and rainbows and everything's <laughs> going to be fine, but people are going to get hurt. Yeah. This is the this is what athletics is. People get hurt. How does that work? Is Does the league help with medical expenses? Is that something that's put onto the club? Does the college then get involved because also they might have a scholarship with that school? I figure that's a very delicate act to walk. It's very delicate. In fact, uh, it's one of the areas that, uh, you know, I wish I could say we're 100% covered in every possible way, which we will be. Um, but individually, all of the players have their own insurance. Um, the league does supplement that and help them out uh, as a secondary insurance uh, provider as part of that. But, you know, again, hopefully these guys are all staying fit and uh, we don't have issues. But in the case, we have training coming in through uh, rehab to perform is going to be providing us with professional trainers, uh, certified trainers for each of our home matches and traveling with us, too, for some of those close matches. Uh, they'll be at training, too, as well um, uh, as we start that up. So we're going to have an awful lot of support and medical help with that. We've got a couple of other sponsors, too, in the medical field that we're working with that uh, if we have to have anything, heaven forbid, we don't have any major injuries in that, but they'll be taken care of through those health providers that we're working with. We'd like to think there isn't. Somebody's getting hurt. It's going to happen. That just... It, uh, players in the league get hurt it happens so it's it's just that was just something that kind of popped into my brain i know it wasn't one of the initial questions but it's like how does that work at the end of the day because you think about it again they're they're not paid they're not paid that means they're not your employee a hundred percent so how much are you responsible for but it's your pitch it's your jersey so it's it's a very delicate i appreciate you kind of breaking that down for yep. me yep and there's a lot of wood in the studio here so <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> we're, we're hoping for the best for everybody and we don't have any major injuries all year look my dog took out my mcl okay <laughs> <laughs> running into my knee but i'm also a 50 year old that hasn't played keeper in tw 10 years now <laughs> stepping away a bit from the players and the coaches itself let's talk more about the organization or the club as a whole like what type of work are we doing within the community itself um we've been very involved in the community already i mean this team's been around since last fall october november and i think we've probably done about three dozen community events everything from appearing at the local library and holding a little skills clinic there and then also talking about uh, this was just before world cup time mm -hmm. so we we're talking about the world stage and and how everything worked in together we've been uh, guests at a cub scout Blue and Gold Dinner, where we spoke and also did a little bit of a clinic with some of the kids that came there, too. Uh, we've done an awful lot during the World Cup with viewing parties all around town, starting to reach out, tell people that we were their new soccer team in town. But at the meantime, in the meantime, during the World Cup was a great way to meet new fans and start to talk about the game there. Uh, we'll be doing a lot more things, too, in the community. We've had a recent high school group that came out to the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a global communications course uh, of students high school level uh and uh, they got a chance to tour the stadium oh, wow. ask us all about the team and and find out a little bit more about what this whole club's about so a lot of different things in the community and always open to new opening new doors and meeting new people there's a lot of museums in town a lot of the historic district is interested in this team too being its first season so a lot of those things that we'll be doing over the next few months there also follow-up to that then the uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
a lot of clubs will eventually have offshoots youth programs that follow them is there is there any thought to that i mean obviously right now you just got to worry about where we're playing how we're playing let's get on the field play some games let's have some fans in the stands but is that kind of like a long-term goal to maybe have a youth program that uh, the club sponsors uh, ideally yes absolutely uh you know in the first year as you said uh, you want to get things right you want to make sure everything is working well on the pitch with your first team but uh, we'll be reaching out to a lot of the local youth soccer clubs. Uh, Maryland United has been doing a lot with this already just because that's where Colin Harriet, our head coach, mm-hmm. came from. But also all the other clubs in the area are reaching out to to not only sell tickets but also find out about their development process and where their kids are going on to play after they finish their, you know, up through U19 age group. Um, I could see it down the road that we'll develop our own academy even. Mm-hmm. Um, not competing with those local youth clubs but using those local youth clubs more as a resource to build our academy up stronger. The women's side of the game, too, is obviously mm-hmm. very prevalent in this area nationwide, too. So we'll be putting a women's team together somewhere down the road. But again, first things first, we uh, walk before we run and, and get the team up and going. So that year. was part of another follow-up I was going to have. I was going to ask, is there plans for uh, working with uh, female athletes as well? Also, are we working, is there anything that we're doing kind of working with multicultural neighborhoods? There's a big Latin community here. There's a large African-American community. Are we also finding ways to kind of work with them as a club too? Absolutely. And, and I mentioned that tryout that we had uh, a few, well, yeah, our first one back in January and then we had a second one in March. Um, that was a, uh, a chance to really see what the community was like. And I wouldn't break down the percentages, but uh, a very high percentage of Hispanic, African-American players and that that were there. Um, so we're very pleased with the diversity that's out there in this whole region. And I think that's going to be an area that we'll certainly concentrate on and try and fulfill as much as we can. Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, when in terms of coming to the game day itself, of course, you're going to need your staff, like from taking in and much more. But uh, what do you think are the proper plans or the plans going through for the game day staff as you're beginning their inaugural season? Well, the, the other side of NPSL is, as you find out, as you get to know us a little more, is it's a very small staff. Right. Um, there are three of us full-time, and mm-hmm. Hiram, I have to admit, full disclosure, you're one of those right now. Really? That are here in Annapolis. <laughs> um, we also have Good some job, people- Judy. Buddy, you have a job. Yay. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I know, so, I was hired. <laughs> um, beyond just what's here in Annapolis, we also have some people that help us out of Texas. That's our ownership group, Michael Hitchcock, and he has uh, some other folks that help us there virtually through a lot of different connections in the area so we don't have much of an on-the-ground staff yet as we get closer to the season yes we'll be bringing in operations people that will do all kinds of things at the stadium uh, including as you mentioned the ticket taking um, uh, concessions is handled by the stadium security <coughs> ushers in that stadium will provide those people but we're also going to have people all around the concourse helping out assisting We'll have our sponsorship groups involved in that on the concourse. Tailgating is going to have a lot of things happening there. There'll be people that also assist the team, uh, whether that's team liaisons, referee liaisons, coming in and out of the stadium on game days. Lots of different things, lots of moving pieces every time we go to the game there. And then also during the day-to-day with us, too, we'll be adding more people to help with ticketing, with sponsorship, with marketing, with some of the other areas that we're involved in it's just you don't want to put a lot of people out there too early because again we're fourth division lower level just trying to get our feet wet and right. going and all of this but uh, the the staff will be expanding quite a bit here 
definitely looking forward to that tailgating uh, crew because I want to <laughs> see how that experience is going to be. And I hope to see all you guys out there for tailgating as well, too. I, I may or may not sell a brand of whiskey, and that whiskey may or may not be in the parking lot for uh, consumption. May or may not be. I cannot either confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> and then I believe we also have a uh, a local beer sponsor that we're going to need to be making sure we're drinking as well. Absolutely. Yep. Forward, yeah. Forward Brewing is on the front of our kit and uh, a good local partner and uh, a great relationship there that started up. Soccer and beer go together hand in hand, it's yeah. for sure. Well, there will be, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're keeping it straight laced now, but when we get into the season, we're going to be enjoying some, uh, oh, absolutely. some Forward Brewing while we're doing a show because it's kind of the bit of the DU public house <laughs> is to always have a beverage in hand. It actually feels kind of weird not having one in my hand right now. Uh, the other part of the staff that I wanted to talk about, and because I know know that we have a uh, really cool kind of connection with someone that's helping with that who's been an icon in uh, broadcasting locally is a public address announcer I know that there's going to be some streaming of the games as their plans of having a commentary team for that those those little intricacies and uh, talk about who's helping out with that process absolutely still looking at um, providing that and talking through with a couple of different companies um, to, to come on board 11 sports is likely who we'll be broadcasting or streaming with uh, they're known for worldwide soccer coverage uh, at every level all over the place um, and they're coming in um, we're talking with Dave Johnson I think is who you're referring to that's exactly who I was Dave referring is, to uh, a good friend and uh, certainly uh, an icon in soccer world in announcing in that with DC United and back mm-hmm. to his Baltimore days uh, you know he's a local Annapolitan and uh, he is is really Heck, did work with the NBA with the Wizards too the Wizards, like of course just, he, yep. did, there's pl- being a play to play play by play guy there's he's done it all Let's in this market call as is the man's yeah. a legend yeah. he's, he's a, <laughs> in this market legend. he's our guy of you course know? absolutely his it's in the net call i think is uh it, it, everybody that's heard a soccer match anywhere uh, knows who that that call comes from and uh, we hopefully will get him on here at time to time when we're on things uh he's got a busy schedule and i know he's back on air with dc united now with their radio overlay on their apple tv deal so we hope to have dave here uh he was texting me just about every day when i first took this position with all these ideas all these things he wanted to do and get going and if you know dave he's always running a million miles a minute <laughs> flying all over the country he's like yeah i'm in orlando i just wanted to text you and call you for a second and talk about this and then the next time i hear from him he's in sacramento or he's in you know <laughs> phoenix or somewhere else and he's yeah I, I just got two minutes i'm gonna get a flight right here but I, you know i wanted to tell you about this so Dave is a, a go-getter, and he's. We're happy to have him on Post Our Investment. Well, it's board. great because whoever you bring on to do public uh, you know, announcing, or if there's any play-by-play call or anything like that, you've got a legend in their in their back pocket to help be a mentor and help train them and help work with them, which is just really phenomenal. The uh, is there a plan to have a commentary team with 11 sports if it's streamed, or will it just be because I've seen like a lot of times where it's just they stream the match and that's kind of it. Now, we want to have a first-class broadcast for sure. We want to have a, a full team, you know, play-by-play and color announcers too uh, in the booth, PA, soundtrack, everything going with it. Um, the companies we've been talking with, they're also talking about highlight packages and things that we can do afterwards, uh, post-game interviews, all that sort of stuff. We want to make it as professional as possible. We want it, don't want it just to be a click and watch a game and then go away. We want to have it interactive too with the fans, with the sponsors, with, with everybody else as much as we can. And with that uh, being, of course, it's our inaugural season, the first time we're hearing about the Blues all together. Um, we obviously have like high hopes for success in this first year, but what exactly are your expectations within this club? 
for the first year alone? Interesting question. Because <clears throat> if I if I would have been asked that back in, I guess it was August or so when I started talking to Hitch, mm -hmm. and he would have put goals in front of me that said, you have to hit 2,500 season tickets, and we have to have three dozen sponsors. Um, you know, can you do that? I would have said, that's pretty ambitious. Right. We've already done that. Check. Check. <laughs> <laughs> We've already done that. We're over 2,500 season ticket holders. We're over almost three dozen sponsors now. We're setting records at the NPSL level. Um, you know, now with any goal, once you hit it, you extend it, you know, and you try and, and reach the next level. So, um, you know, putting some numbers out there, I hope that we're averaging somewhere in the 5,000 fans per game, which will put us at the top of NPSL. Uh, I think the, the regular season record is a little over 7,000. Mm -hmm. I think that's achievable if we have a great push uh, over the next couple of months and go into our home opener. We could have some big, huge games there, and if the team is playing well, and as we've seen already, the Annapolis community is certainly supporting this team. We'll have some great crowds along the way. Um, the sponsorship uh, part of the package is coming along really, really well, um, and I think that you know even more and more sponsors are lining up as they see what's happening with this club. So we're going to have a lot more in that area. Um, and then just overall, I think the full acceptance of this club is a goal um, that I couldn't have foreseen not knowing as much about Annapolis as I did six months, eight months ago when I started this. Now it, it's fun to come to this town and, and be part of it all. Um, you know, we keep telling people around town, look, Annapolis has a little bit of a special character to it. Right. We're not Baltimore. We're not D.C. Certainly we're going to have fans from those areas coming into our games and all that. We're Annapolis. This is Annapolis' soccer club. And we tend to shy away from saying it's a minor league team or it's a low division team or whatever. It's Annapolis' soccer club, Annapolis Blues. Um, so we're, we're excited about it. And I think, uh, the expectations that we've already met, we're going to far exceed those going into this season. And it's crazy to think that we haven't even played a single game yet, but we're already breaking records, <laughs> which is astounding. Well, I'm not sure if you boys were aware of this. Annapolitans love a reason to drink. Oh, absolutely. Give us a reason to drink. <laughs> we're probably going to get behind it. And honestly, during the dog days of summer, Outside of sitting on a dock somewhere drinking orange crushes, there ain't much we do. So I think it's perfect timing for there to be a club and for there to be that culture. Because let's face it, too, more and more people have been exposed to the English Premier League. It's very easily accessible to watch on television. It has no competition because it's first thing in the morning. So you can start your day with it. And people have really latched into the idea of having a club, getting into that club, talking with people all across the country about that club. Then you get to do that in your own backyard. Sounds like a lot of fun. And especially yeah. great having that, like you mentioned, having that right in your backyard and expanding, not just only in the country, but also like having that expansion coming here in Annapolis where we didn't even have a soccer team at all, but it's just a true honor to have like that privilege to have the blues be like you said, Annapolis is a soccer team, not uh, uh, Maryland or whatever, but like, or go to DC, go to Baltimore, just simply just Annapolis's team. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited about it. And like I said, the support off the field has just been tremendous so far. And then the, I think on the court, on the field rather too, um, we're expecting big things. Uh, Colin Harriet's a fantastic coach. He's got a great staff put together. Uh, we mentioned the players and where they're coming from before all the collegiate areas and that, you know, I would expect that we'll hopefully make the playoffs. Uh, who knows? We could win the whole thing. You know, I'm not putting that out there just yet, but let's see how the things how things go, and uh, that would be awesome if we were part of the the playoff system. And uh, 
you know, getting a chance to, to show Annapolis beyond just this mid-Atlantic region. There you go, boys and girls. You heard it here first. Fred's already said, winning the whole damn thing. It's over. I'm going to the ship. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry about that, coach. <laughs> All right. That's perfect. Um, Fred, is there anything you have for us? Is there anything you want to kind of go over or do you, do you feel that we missed that you want to make sure that gets talked about? Um, not really. I just hope that everybody comes out and supports this team as they have already. And we see them out at uh, Navy Memorial, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium uh, come this, this spring. And uh, I think they're going to have a great time watching a fantastic level of soccer on the field and, you know, getting to see their friends, as you just mentioned, and coming out and being part of something that's special. That's, drink. Uh, drink. In its first year. So we can drink. <laughs> yeah, no, that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two words we've been using with this team all along as we've presented out there is opportunity and community. Mm -hmm. Sound very similar opportunity for everybody involved. The players having a chance to be seen, the coaching staff as well, our front office staff being able to work all these games and get out there and, and learn a little bit about, more about this professional sport, soccer. And then for the fans, an opportunity right in your backyard, affordable ticket pricing, not having to drive all the way to the big cities around the mm -hmm. area and that and be able to enjoy themselves right here. And community, it's what it's all about. Local yeah. investors, local sponsors, fans from this area that are really behind something that is Annapolis. And that's what we're, we're proud of. Uh, I love Audi field. Audi field is a gorgeous stadium. It is a pain in the butt to get to, especially from Annapolis. Cause then you got to deal with that whole two ninety five bit. And even back when they were at RFK, it's just not fun. It's like, why deal with that when you can literally just walk to the stadium at it, this point? Pr precisely. That's exactly it. It's it's the, and let's face it as a club, so freaking lucky yeah. to to get that that's a huge get getting navy marine corps memorial stadium because a lot of the teams in this league are you know they're playing it they're decent stadiums they're like you know so like what they have up in gaithersburg which is you know it, there's stands there's an ability to ticket people and and there's they sit a decent amount but it's not a full-fledged stadium no you have a full-fledged yeah. stadium to start the season it's it's very exciting it's it's daunting when you walk in even when it's empty and i can only imagine if we've got five or six thousand people in there or more and as an opponent walking down that tunnel and coming in and hearing that and seeing that they're going to be overwhelmed and hopefully that'll be a huge home advantage for us i just want to hear all the bay boys just literally hitting all the drums where we can hear from the city dog <laughs> yep exactly oh there's definitely going to be nap time till i die nap time till i die i swear i am Absolutely. i know i am the nap time till I, that's definitely happening <laughs> what'll be great is is you know some of these some of the players if once we start coming up with songs for them and things like that mm. imagine how juiced they're gonna be oh just gosh. having 5,000 screaming a song about them when they score a goal. That's going to be pretty great. Exactly. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. And uh, as you mentioned, the Bay Boys, our supporters club, they're getting themselves up and ready and practicing the songs now. And uh, that's going to be a fun, fun sight to see too and hear. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Naptown Blues Pod and at Annapolis Blues to follow the club. Till next week, everybody. Up, up the, the Blues! blues!